The Gospel according to Matthew 28, 16-20. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the ends of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Today is Trinity Sunday. The Sunday after Pentecost is Trinity Sunday. When I tell Trinity Sunday, for most of us immediately, what hits us is something to do with philosophical understanding or maybe to find some reason and logic. Or sometimes many of us so intrigued saying that it even doesn't fit into mathematical equation. Trinity, by nature, is three in one, one in three. So coming from India, I have many Hindu friends. In Hinduism, as you all know, it's based on polytheism. They have multiple gods. So they always wonder, why do you say that you have one God, but whereas you have Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? So it's so confusing, but it is hard to explain to people who don't really experience the triune God in their lives. St. Augustine once said, if you deny Trinity, you will lose your soul. If you try to understand or get Trinity, you will lose your mind. So Trinity is really hard if you think in terms of philosophical, try to find some reason and logic, but rather if you allow God to speak to you, to reveal himself to you, then it is much easier to understand, not just in terms of concept, but by nature, how God is dealing with human beings. What does Trinity look like to churches when we have that already in our liturgies, in our prayers, in our worship services? Trinity sometimes is like a puzzle. It is you have to push yourselves out of the box where it leads you to seek truth, to seek faith and love. One cannot understand Trinity unless God himself chooses to reveal himself. Unless God reveals himself, we cannot understand Trinity or the very nature of triune God. Many people have come up with different analogies like water which has the same base, uh, the nature, but it takes different forms of uh, a liquid and then becoming ice and then it evaporates. 
So multiple ways people have uh, come up with analogies, but if you're just stuck with that, not truly really experiencing that, then I don't think we can really uh, understand or grapple with that very idea or the nature of Trinity in our lives. Psalm 8 once again speaks about the Trinity because psalmist is spellbound. He has no words. He comes up with the word saying, when I look at the stars, when I look at the heavens and the work of your fingers, what is it that you found in the human beings that you have created the human beings little lower than the angels? What is it that you are so mindful that you have to create the human beings little lesser than the angels? For the psalmist here, he knows his limitations because with his own knowledge, with his own human comprehension, he, he cannot perceive, he cannot comprehend God. As I said, unless God reveals himself, we cannot even enter to understand God. So he's asking, gazing at the starry grandeur of the heaven, what is it that you are so mindful to create us little lesser than the angels? God here is mindful of us, which is why he is seeking us out to reveal himself, his identity to us. The important point here is Trinity is not just thinking Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but how God chose to reveal his identity to the human beings. When we talk about the identity of God, how do you know the identity of God? If I ask someone, they would say, I go to church, so through worshipping God in the church, I come to know about God. Or maybe I read Bible, or I pray. So these are the ways people may say that I entered into faith, or that is how I began to believe in God. From generation to generations, the faith, the belief, has been translated and transmitted to us. But in the beginning when God created, for instance, if you take the story or the history of the Israelites, their faith began with the signs and wonders of God, with the law and the covenant, with the priests and the prophets. All this have constituted them to grow more strong in faith, to believe in a force which they have not ever seen. So this is their faith, and their faith had not just stopped there, but God revealed himself to show wonders and miracles, and to save them from this world, he sent his son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in us, within this community, to comfort, to encourage, and to bear witness to the works of the God in this earth. This is the general idea or the identity when we talk about God. But there is another identity which God is asking each one of us to seek out because he seeked out for humanity and revealed his identity to us. 
In Genesis, from the reading today, if you see, God created us in his image, in his likeness, so that we, in his likeness, have his attributes, get his characteristics, but we're leaving that part alone and we're saying that we know God because we pray, we read from people who have translated, from people who have given the faith in our hands, but we are missing the whole part of how God expects us to be in this world. That very identity, the very image. If you're denying the existence of triune God, it is that you're denying who you are in your life. Because when God created, he says, I created you in my image. I, let us come together and create them in our image. If you see in NRSV translation, it is pluralistic. It is God, the Holy Spirit, and the Son together are giving us their image, their identity to bring equality, justice, peace, and love in the communities. Even in the triune union, in, in among those three, we see that relation, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So she, the God here is seeking, his, his hunger is there for the relationships in the community that we live together in fellowship, in union, in peace, and in love. Barbara Brown Taylor, book Luminous Web, talks about this countercultural protest Israelites are doing against the creation narrative which Babylon, Babylonians are projecting, God as violent, God as bloody. So Israelites do not want to take that narrative, what the captors or the, what the oppressors are, asking them to see God as violent and bloody and bad. They're saying and they're coming with the countercultural narrative, with the creation story, saying our God is good, our God is love, our God is kind God, because when he created the universe, when he created on the seventh day, he blessed it. He saw everything was good. He gave dominion to the human being saying, come on, multiply, be good. But it is other way around these days we see how human beings are exploiting the dominion what God gave to them. Theologically, when God created, he created everything equal. But it is human who made the divide of race, caste, gender, differences, inequality. I'm, when I see or hear that word counter-cultural protest, we see these days, especially last one week, has been so heavy on my heart. We have seen the pain, the suffering people are going through. The, the rhetoric that has put them in a state of danger, worry, fear. Their bodies, the African-American community are living in, in danger, worry and fear 
Their bodies are exploited, their dignity, their honor, respect, everything has been exploited. But when God created, he created that we be good, that we are, we are going to be in communion and in unity. From the reading today, Apostle Paul says, try your best to strive together, to be in unity, to love one another. If we are created in the image of God, as I said, if, I, if you deny that, then apparently you're not going to see the image of God in other person. But when you believe that you're created in the image of God, you will be willing to see God in other person. That is the whole point of Trinity. God, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they created us that we be one, that we show the love to others. The very heart of triune God is love. Even before he created, he spoke love. The love was being. In any faith, if you take in the world, life precedes love. But in Christianity, it is love which precedes life. So if we are missing love in our lives, we can never say that I'm worshiping the triune God. Oh, I am made in the image of God. We are missing the total, the whole point. Unless there is love, there cannot be, unless there is love, you cannot truly, truly show to people how you are supposed to be in striving for peace, justice, and equality. There is this one story I think many of you know about the starfish story. There is a girl who was once uh, playing along the beach, and then she saw multiple starfish there, just some starfish there, which are almost um, come to the shore because of some terrible storm that night. So she started picking the starfish and throwing them back to the sea. So one guy came up to her and said, what are you doing? Then she said that I'm just picking the starfish because don't you see the tide is going out and the surf is there. This is the right time to put them back, otherwise they die. So he says, along the beach there are miles and as you go along, there are like thousands of starfish which are washed ashore. So are you telling me that you're going to pick each of the starfish and put them back into the sea? The girl didn't answer anything, but she bent, gently picked the starfish and then again threw into the waters. And she said, but for this one, it made a difference. It made a difference for this single starfish. So sometimes we, we may not think in big terms when we speak of love or justice or unity, but the small gestures in a simple ways how best we can show our love, encouragement to people and make a difference. May the triune God bless each one of us that we continue to strive for justice, peace, and equality in this world. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.